0: Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain, for he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones when he saw Jesus from a distance. He ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. When people came to see what it was that had happened, they came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by the demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone Was amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. We live in a very strange world these days where your identity can be taken away from you. seems like a strange concept, doesn't it? For how can who you are be stolen and yet? If someone gets a hold of your social security number or other important information about you, they can pretend to be you and do things in your name. And anyone who has been victimized by this knows just how devastating the impact can be when you suddenly find that you have debts you did not accrue and actions that you did not take. And the more digital our world becomes, the greater the risk will be. And that can be a bit frightening. But the truth is, this is not a new problem. As our text makes clear, identity theft has been going on for a very long time. And be very sure, there is far more at stake than just losing your money or your credit score. Now in our text, Jesus has just been teaching the crowds and his disciples about the kingdom of God, the one thing that deserves and demands all of our attention and our commitment. But then Jesus gets into a boat with his disciples and they sail across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. When they get out, they are immediately confronted by a man who had lost his identity, for he had become possessed by unclean spirits that had stolen away any semblance of who this man once was. In fact, we don't even know the man's name anymore. He's just the demoniac. And when Jesus asks him his name, it is the demons who say, Legion, for we are many. Now, when we modern folk hear the Bible talking about evil spirits and demons, uh, many of us tend to become a bit uncomfortable. But the truth is, you know a whole lot more about demons than you realize. For you see, a demon is simply anything that comes to take control of your life. And whether demons are literal or metaphorical, really doesn't matter all that much once you are possessed. When these demons take over our lives, we we quickly become anxious slaves to their demands. And they cause us to engage in so much destructive behavior, convincing us that this is what gives us our identity, makes our life worthwhile. It's what makes us who we are and gives our life purpose. And so the problem with this is that most of these demons don't start off looking all that dangerous. Many of them even start off looking like good things, like work, or food, or exercise, or learning things on the internet, or romance, or helping your kid to do well, or trying to be the best you can be. You're very sure temptation always comes as an angel of light, and we are easily seduced into letting these demons take control. And so the desire to be attractive and healthy easily turns into an obsession with your weight and your food intake as your entire identity gets wrapped up in your body image. The desire to do well at work and impress your boss easily transforms you into a workaholic who becomes obsessed with promotion and making money. Searching around at interesting things on the Internet easily slips into becoming uh, addicted to pornography. Trying to help your kids do the best they can easily becomes making sure they have uh, all the right classes and tutors for everything and in every sport not idle for a season. Next thing you know, your entire week becomes a race to get your kids from one event to the next. I mean, after all, you can't let them fall behind, otherwise they might not have the right friend group or get into the right school or into the right sorority or into the right uh, job or or, or make it to the major leagues or, or be successful or happy or popular in life. I mean, this is crazy, isn't it? And in the midst of all that, our life of faith, our relationship with God, our life in the church, it it just becomes one more activity to try to squeeze in the midst of all these other competing demands. Of course, you don't have to have kids to get caught up in the frantic nature of our culture these days. For we are easily seduced into believing that activity equals meaning and purpose. And so we overschedule our lives so much that we leave no time for quiet, to, to, to reflect on life or to listen to what it is that God is trying to say to us. For there are so many voices out there clamoring for our attention and our commitment. And we run around trying to satisfy them all. Our our, our bosses, our parents, our children, our spouses, our coaches, our teachers, our classmates, our friends, our neighbors, our churches, our political parties, our followers on social media. We become so crazed and confused by all these competing voices telling us who we are and what we ought to do, that when Jesus asks us our name, we too have to say, my name is Legion, for we are many. I mean, which which me do you want, Jesus? There are just so many from which to choose. But notice how much all this frantic running around resembles the actions of the demon-possessed man. For day and night, he was running around like a madman, howling and engaging in self-destructive behavior. And he lived among the tombs, which is only appropriate For while demons can give the appearance of life through their energy and activity and promise of fulfillment, in reality, they are slowly draining the life out of you, destroying the image of God within you as they chip away at your soul until there's no you left. For when we lose our identity, to anything other than the God who made us. We're no longer really living at all. We're just running around in circles among the dead, forgetting that we were created for so much more than just making money or climbing the company ladder or getting good grades or having sex, or being popular, or achieving success. And the problem with these demons is that once they take control of our lives, they, they are very difficult for us to chain down. They, they just keep breaking free no matter how much we try to restrain them. For as Alcoholics Anonymous has always understood so well, we cannot defeat these demons on our own. Only Jesus can do that. And be very sure, these demons are all terrified of Jesus. Notice in our text, when the demoniac sees Jesus get out of the boat, it immediately runs and throws itself down at Jesus' feet, pleading with him not to torment them, but to cast them into the pigs instead. And Jesus agrees And the pigs all run into the lake and drown which is only appropriate you know i believe that this scene this incredible scene is actually one of the most hopeful scenes in all of scripture i mean the image of evil Begging for mercy at the feet of Jesus should be enough to make even Presbyterians want to shout Amen! Or not! Yeah, there's a Baptist here, alright, or Lutheran. Yeah. See, unlike these demons, Jesus will never force his way into our lives and wrestle for control. Instead, he just stands at the door and knocks, waiting for us to invite him in and surrender our lives to him. But you know, the truly crazy thing is that not all of us are really sure we want to do that. Because Oh, you just never know what it is that he might ask you to do. I mean, he might ask you to give up your dreams so that his dreams for your life might come true. He might ask you to step out of your comfort zone and serve in a leadership role in our church or volunteer to help out with our youth or to go on a mission trip where you serve people who are very different from you. He may ask you to commit to spending more time with him each day or even to give back to him more of his money. He'll likely ask you to let go of all your grudges and forgive those who have hurt you. He will ask for your whole life. For you see, Jesus is not just one more activity for us to squeeze into our already busy week. Now, Jesus is the love of God sent into this world to restore the image of God within us, that we might be fully alive and free from all the demonic forces that seek to enslave us. For there is not a thing in all the earth or out of the pit of hell that can stand against the life-giving, redeeming power of Jesus' love And grace. And so Jesus comes looking for us as we race about trying to find an identity, as we run around attempting to satisfy the legion of voices around us. For you see, our identities are never something for us to achieve for ourselves. They are always and only a gift to be received. And your identity was gifted to you in the waters of baptism. When in Jesus Christ, God claimed you as his own beloved child with whom he is so well pleased, you are now an heir of God's kingdom, a joint heir with Christ. That is who you really are. And when you discover that, when you realize that you're so much more than just a consumer or a breadwinner or a parent or an achiever or a GPA or a drunk or a sexual being or any other identity that the Legion tries to give you, then those identities and demons no longer have to have any control over you for there is nothing quite so powerful in this world as someone who is clear about who they really are." You know, there's a, a fable that is told in India about a young tiger cub who lost its mother and was adopted by a family of goats. This family of goats took in this young tiger and and taught it their ways. They taught it to speak their language, to to eat their food, and eventually, the little tiger thought he was a goat. One day, the king tiger suddenly appeared in the midst of all the goats, scattering all the goats in fear, but leaving behind that little tiger who was somehow both afraid and yet unafraid. And the king tiger approached the little cub and demanded to know what was the meaning of this masquerade. But all the little tiger could do was bleat nervously and eat grass. So the king tiger took him by the scruff of his neck and carried him over to a pool of water so that it could see their reflections side by side. And suddenly, the truth became clear. So the little tiger lashed out his tail, dug his claws into the ground, raised his head up high, and the entire jungle rumbled with the sound of his exultant roar because he had discovered that he was made in the image of the king. You know, our demonic world is trying its best to shape us into its image, teaching us its ways, and its language, and its values, and its identities, and it's doing a heck of a job. But we were made in the image of the king of kings. And when we learn to listen to His voice by continuing to place ourselves at the Savior's feet through worship and prayer and reading our Bibles and doing devotions, then we are reminded of our true identity in Christ. It is the only way that we will discover our true purpose in life and be free from all the bleating voices telling us who we are and what to do. But be very sure, once you are no longer racing about like everyone else, frantically trying to construct an identity for yourself or for your children, not everyone will applaud. When the townspeople all heard about what Jesus had done to this man and these pigs, they all came out to see, and they weren't exactly overjoyed. And not just because of the loss of all that good bacon. It was when they saw this man, this crazy, uncontrollable, demon-possessed, savage, sitting there clothed and in his right mind. It is then that they become very afraid. Now why is that? I mean, you'd think that they'd all be thrilled, right? And welcome him back. We missed you while you were crazy. But I think that they were afraid because if, if that kind of power was loose in this world, then, then the world that they know it had changed and it would never be the same again. And in that kind of a world... Who knows what might happen next? And most of us are just not comfortable with with so much mystery and so little control. And frankly, as long as we're not the one running around naked among the tombs, starving and homeless, dying from gun violence or drug addiction, Mistreated because of our skin color, driven from our homes because of war or terrorism, then most of us prefer things remain just the way they are. And that may be the craziest thing of all. You know, I think it's very interesting that fear was the exact same response made by the women who, on the first day of the week, went out among the tombs, where dead people are supposed to stay dead and where hopelessness is supposed to remain hopeless. Instead, they found a young man sitting there clothed and in his right mind, saying, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He is not here for he is risen from the dead. For in the resurrection of Jesus, a power has come into this world that turns all of our expectations upside down and creates new life where there once was only death, a power that causes all the forces of hell to tremble in sheer terror at the Savior's feet. But do not be afraid because that power is available to you through the spirit of the risen savior who dwells within you. Now there's actually an epilogue to our story and it's actually the scariest part. For when the townspeople all see the miraculous thing that Jesus had done there, they beg him to leave the neighborhood. And he does. He gets back into the boat and sails away. And as far as we know, they never saw him again. Jesus will never remain where he is not welcome. But before Jesus left, The former demoniac asked if he could go with him. But instead, Jesus had another purpose for this man's life. And he tells the man to go back to his home, to his friends and his family and his neighbors, to go back to his workplace and to his church and to tell everyone there all that God had done for him. It's called being a witness. And it is the same purpose that Jesus has for each of you. So as you go out from here into this demon-possessed world, remember who you are. And then go and do likewise. Amen.